What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Ant and Big Red versus the World. As always, I'm Big Red. And as always, I'm still Average Ant. And we got a great show for you today. A lot of football talk, and you can uh, give a quick little preview of this week's first episode. Yeah, well, um, we're kind of going with a weekend recap, and since NFL is pretty much um, full playoff mode, it's pretty much a divisional round recap episode with obviously our championship Sunday preview on that and then we have one honorable mention this week no big red baller or bus unfortunately just one honorable mention just keeping it short uh, not much went down this weekend besides obviously the NFL playoffs so that being said let's get into it and yeah and so moving right on to that we'll get right into the games of the weekend um uh, Kind of guess we'll start with the AFC. Couple of barn burners. The Patriots came out and dominated the Chargers, and pretty much just like every other Chargers season, there was promise, and then there was embarrassment. <laughs> uh, and the Chiefs took down the Colts in another dominating performance where a lot of people were kind of thinking the Colts were primed for an upset, had an awesome game against Houston, and rolled in there and just laid a stinker. Um, And you can choose which one you want to start with. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with the... um, We'll actually start in the NFC with the Cowboy-Rams game real fast. Um, This is probably the only positive thing I'm really going to be saying about the Cowboys, really, is that um, they should be feeling a little optimistic. I mean, Dak stepped up a little bit. Obviously, he's not going to go out there and throw for 400 yards in a playoff game, but this postseason, he kind of stepped up, more specifically in the game against the Seahawks. He made big plays in that game specifically to kind of seal the deal, and um, he just looks like the quarterback that the Cowboys need. And I guess moving to the Rams side, where things get a little sus, um, Jared Goff, only going for 186 yards on 15 of 28 passing. I think I'm not 100. Did he had a TD? Goff, he did no, not. He did not have a TD. He had no picks, which is, I guess, the only plus you can really pull out of that game. He played a heavy, no heavy game manager role. Yeah, but I mean, so, somewhat concerning moving on for the Rams, I guess. So, I mean, if you have anything to add on to that, um, showdown you could add that real fast yeah and i kind of like that you shouted out dak prescott um i think i think that a lot of people were getting down on him this year he he had a rough season after his rookie year where he kind of lit it up and came out of nowhere and everyone was like oh dak's the qb of the future and had a couple underwhelming seasons since then but the way he stepped up in the playoffs has been impressive i can't deny it even though he did beat down my seahawks um like you said, make, made some huge plays at the end of the game in this one, in that one, and then you flip it over to the Rams game where they obviously weren't able to run the ball. Ezekiel Elliott only twenty, only forty-seven yards on twenty mm-hmm. carries, uh, and so Dak Prescott had to step up. He threw for two hundred sixty-six yards and a touchdown. It just wasn't enough against the Rams' high-powered offense. Uh, they they really couldn't slow anything down in the ground game, and it's honestly is a little embarrassing to have the number one rushing offense the Seahawks get completely smothered and then I don't know if the Cowboys front seven was sleeping or what but Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson ripped them to the tune of 123 and 115 yards apiece that 
the Rams' running game almost had more yards than the entire Cowboys' offense. And it's... It, it was unbelievable. So I, I was really disappointed in Dallas' defense. I Obviously, I didn't believe that the Cowboys actually had a chance of winning because the Cowboys are not that good. I think the Seahawks should have beat them. Um, their defense was good, though, and I thought that the way they stuffed our running game was going to show a lot of... had a lot of promise to make them competitive in this one, and Ezekiel Elliott flopped, and so did the Cowboys' defense. Yeah, and I mean, something that was a little concerning on the Cowboys real fast was that their pass rush was kind of what was the foundation of their defense, or their pass rush, their running, their run stop was kind of the foundation of their defense. So, I mean... It's kind of a little concerning if I'm a Cowboys fan and looking at this and watching two dudes go for over 100 yards, two different running backs on the same team going out for 100 yards each on your defense. I mean, that's a little concerning for me. But um, moving on from the Cowboys, I guess, to another NFC East team that played this weekend. And I know this one is a little bummer for you personally. Is um, the Eagles and Saints game. I mean... The clock struck midnight for Nick Foles and his um, playoff heroics, I guess, if you will. I mean, he threw two picks, going over, over, going for a little over 200 yards, which isn't the. It's not big, the Nick Foles it's, way. Yeah, yeah, it's not the Nick Foles way. It's not the Nick Foles we're used to seeing in the playoffs. Maybe um, regular season Nick Foles, where he's coming off a two, 27 touchdown season, <laughs> but not playoff Nick Foles. Um, last time we saw a playoff Nick Falls, he was leading Eagles to the Super Bowl. So yeah, Super or winning Bowl a Super MVP. Bowl. But um yeah, kinda is not disappointing, I mean, really, because realistically what do we expect of Nick Falls? I mean he's a he's a really good backup, it's, but I mean we're not gonna go out there and expect him to do no. this do that night in and night out. I mean it's just kind of a bummer more than anything. Yeah, it's an incredible story and I mean I, I'm one hundred percent on the Foles bandwagon. I'd still get a Foles jersey even though he didn't take him back. Um it and so it's it's not disappointing because I guess it's not disappointing because every time Nick Foles steps in for the Eagles, nobody's exactly like you just said. We're not expecting him to go out yeah. and be an MVP night in and night out. And so for the last two postseasons, we've kind of just seen we've seen that every single time he stepped on the field. And so it's it's awesome to buy into. And so it's a sad sad that that storyline falls out. But the Saints are an incredible team and so you know if it wasn't for Alshon Jeffries Butterfingers um, <laughs> we might be looking at the Foles miracle continuing because that second pick was not my guy Foles' fault yeah for sure I mean from one pick I mean Drew Brees starting off the game with an interception oh. and then going off for 300 yard 301 yards to be exact and two touchdowns I mean really showed us kind of vintage Drew Brees I guess I mean, I was I was kind of getting a little worried. I thought it'd be a little bit of dialogue time if he decided to not show up. Um, but he did. He went off, led the Saints to a win. But like you said, it was it could have been it came down to one Alshon Jeffrey Butterfinger mishap that kind of did the Eagles in on that game. Yeah, I mean, we literally we're that drop pass away from what could have been one of the another crazy ending for the Saints postseason. I mean, with the Minnesota Miracle last year, if Nick Foles could have taken the Eagles back right there, it would have 
would have been a very sad narrative for this incredibly talented Saints team. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, moving from the NFC and the kind of close games, the storylines that we were kind of liking in the NFC over to the AFC where it was kind of just watching the first half and turning it off pretty much. Um, the Colts and Chargers decided to not show up in their respective games. I mean, I'm not going to get super far into them. I guess I will say that the narratives and dialogues live on uh, for Philip Rivers, who moved to 0-8 all-time against Tom Brady. Um, but we'll save, we'll save that entire dialogue. <laughs> what I really liked about the Chiefs is that they're looking different from what they've been the last few seasons in the playoffs. Like, usually they come into the playoffs and lose. But um, they came in, like, granted, is against the Colts team, who no one really gave them any sort of a chance against the Chiefs, but they didn't just beat them. Like, they beat, beat them. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, the Chiefs, like I said, are usually they're perennial chokers, but... Um, with Pat Mahomes instead of Alex Smith, they look legit. I mean, they look legit. Yeah, they have... Mahomes is an MVP elite caliber talent, and no matter what team you are, that's an X factor. It's a reason all we see... Eh, okay. With the exception of Jared Goff, all we see left is elite quarterbacks and Tom Brady, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and Drew Brees. Sorry, Jared Goff. I don't think you're that good. Um, but... Having that X factor QB is, it makes the playoffs a whole lot easier, especially when you get to play the whole way home. Uh, and the huge thing for me was the way that the Chiefs' defense stepped up. Uh, they they held the Colts to, or they held Andrew Luck to 263 yards, sacked him three times, batted plenty of passes. Uh, they held Marlon Mack down to about 40 yards. At Chiefs' defense stepped up and dominated a a Colts offense that's been successful all year and on top of that they shredded in the ground game against a Colts defense that was arguably the best defense in the second half uh, and they showed that against Houston the couple times they played them and so I mean the Colts the Colts obviously have tons of upside and having Andrew Luck finally back is a blessing for them but uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the Chiefs and Arrowhead's going to be rumbling yeah, I mean, I guess quick before we get into the championship preview, shout out to Tom Brady, the GOAT balled out. He gave us vintage Brady, what we were all asking for, 334 yards and a TD. Um, kind of shows that the Patriots are still the Patriots. I mean, they did have a down season by their standards, but, I mean, never really count the Patriots out until they're actually out. So just quick on that real fast. Playoff Patriots, I mean, I... Tom Brady is the true goat. The the goat on the rise, Nick Foles, is out of the playoffs, so <laughs> I guess I can acknowledge Tom Brady again. Uh, vintage Brady is what the Patriots need, and so far playoff Brady has arrived with playoff Patriots. Yeah, so I mean, if you don't have anything left for the division around, we'll go ahead and get into our championship preview real fast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, which side do you want to start with? Um, I guess we could start with Saints and Rams because this one's kind of a little, it's a little confusing for me a little, um, because both teams, obviously best two teams in the conference, but they've had their times of not showing up and not being 
the two best teams in the conference. Like, for example, um, I guess something real quick, too. The quarterbacks, too, specifically have shown have not shown up at times. Like, specifically for the Saints, obviously, that game against the Cowboys, Drew Brees. Oh. It's a game that lost. It's it a game that lost in the MVP, and pretty Basically. much. And the Saints were it was looking incredibly sus for the Saints after that game. And then the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff, like we had just we're talking about, had that sus game last week. He, he had a stretch of like seven picks, yeah. and one touchdown, or somewhere around there. It was brutal. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of like a matchup that it's weird for me. Um, both teams are relatively inexperienced. I mean, I know like Drew Brees has obviously been there, done that, but the pieces around him haven't really. So, and obviously the Rams are super young. I mean, this is the first time they've been to the playoffs in how long. Um, but it's kind of like I don't know. It's a crapshoot. I feel like I don't. I don't know what to expect coming into this as opposed to something that's on the other side, like the AFC, but we'll get into that in a second. So, um, just with that little intro to that, I mean, I'll let you take it from here. You could boast off some of the stats you got going into this. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, the Saints, this matchup is one that I have probably the most info on. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Y- you kind of mentioned a little bit of a crapshoot, and, and you're right to a degree. Uh, these teams, these two teams have obviously shown throughout the entire season that they're the best two teams in that NFC, but they do have their stinkers, their moments, where you're, and, and some flaws, and, I, and look no further than the Saints' first quarter against the Eagles. They tried to come out shooting, and... They're shooting blanks. The Eagles jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Um, and so, I mean, there's your Jekyll and Hyde right there. Jared Goff threw for 170 yards. Um, so I guess I'll kind of jump right into some keys to the game and build off both of those. With that slow start in mind, one of my huge keys for the Saints to the game is you can't come out flat. They came out flat against the Eagles, got burned, breezed through a pick, and they dropped down to 14-0. to if you fall down 14-0 to zero to the Rams, you're not going to win. The Eagles had Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood and a bunch of running backs nobody's ever heard of to try and balance out the Foles passing game. Okay, great. That's not what the Rams have. The Rams have Todd Gurley and a plethora of wide receivers that can blow them up. And the Saints defense is very good, but I'm sorry. If you drop to a 14-0 lead, no fake punt, no amount of fake Fake punts from your own 30-yard line are going to do a lot to get you back in the game because the Rams will be rolling. Uh, so that's my big key for the game for the Saints right there. Uh, another couple for the Saints is Drew Brees has to be able, has to be at his best. And you talked about that terrible game he had against the Cowboys. Uh, he's He's got to step up and be that player that he was the last time he faced off against the Rams, which was throwing for... T- 346 yards and four touchdowns um, on a 73% completion percentage. The Rams' secondary isn't great. You talked about Dak Prescott stepping up. He threw for 270 yards, one touchdown, and 8.3 yards per attempt. The Rams' secondary consists of Marcus Peters, Sam Shield, Josh, John Johnson, and LaMarcus Joyner. Their safeties are pretty good, but their corners are they got exposed by Dak Prescott, and so if Drew Brees can't take advantage of that again... Saints will be in trouble, but I don't see that happening. And then my last key for the Saints is they got to be able to slow down the ground game. Last time Todd Gurley came in, 
they basically took the ball out of his hands, 68 yards on 13 carries, and the Rams had to turn to the passing game to pretty much stay in it and try and come back. Uh, on the flip side, the Rams need Jared Goff, need regular season Jared Goff to show up. In the regular season, Jared Goff has, has a 65% completion percentage this year, 4,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, 12 picks, uh, 101 pass rating. Actually really good. Those are fantastic numbers. You flip it over to this playoff career, granted it's only two games. He has a 53% completion percentage, 445 yards, only one touchdown, no picks. So kind of like we mentioned earlier, game managing a little bit. Um, averaging about 6.4 yards per attempt. That's not going to get it done. And that's basically what Jared Goff's been to the playoffs so far. And that's kind of, I don't want to see that narrative get built for a guy. But if Jared Goff's going to keep doing it, I'm going to have to start calling him Jared Dalton. And the Rams are going to be a real exciting regular season team and never get it done. Uh, so we need regular season Jared Goff to show up. And I would love for it to happen just so we could see that quarterback matchup of Goff and Breeze. Uh, another big key for the Rams is pretty much the opposite of what the Saints one is, is you got to get the ground game going. If Jared Goff isn't going to be in regular season form, then Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, the suddenly dynamic running back group, has to be able to make it up. Todd Gurley's the best back in the league, and if the Rams are going to win walking into the Thunderdome, they're going to have to get Todd Gurley going, something they failed to do last year. But I think that if they can get off to a good start, jump on maybe a little flat start from the Saints, then they'll have a chance. And then my last key for the Rams is kind of, it's honestly the most important one of the whole game, in my opinion. It's that vaunted pass rush and defensive line that the Rams have to go with their pretty overrated defense. Uh, Michael Brockers, Nadamakin Sue, Aaron Donald, and they picked up Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler. That's of a lot of big names and pass rushers that need to step up. Dante Fowler Jr. had a good game against the Cowboys. He had a sack and a tackle for loss. He's got to be able to produce again, though, but this time on the road. Um, Ndamukong Sue's got to be able to stop Ingram and Kamara. That'll go a long way in slowing down the Saints offense. But you saw when the Eagles' pass rush dried up in the second half, Drew Brees picked them apart. And so from there, the Rams really... The Rams have got a lot of things that they got to do. A lot of things got to break right for them. And the Saints, I think, have a big advantage being at home. Um, and if you've got any keys, you can chime in or kind of just build off mine if you want. Yeah, so I guess first off, thanks for that wonderful analysis. That was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> building off of, I guess, the first couple points for the Saints is Drew Brees needs to be Drew Brees. And they can't get off to the slow start. I mean... We saw what almost happened um, in their game against the Eagles. They, it was one pick, but it set the tone pretty much until Absolutely. he kind of, until he kind of like got out of that hole. I mean, it was only one pick; it was only a touchdown hole. But a touchdown against the Rams, like you said, um, if they get down 14-0, I don't, I don't really necessarily think it needs to be 14-0. I mean, if the Saints start with the ball. So Drew Brees throws a pick or something like that, and the Rams end up scoring. I feel like that's kind of enough for the Rams to build off of and kind of just take control of the game. Um, so Drew Brees, yeah, Saints need to take care of the ball. 
I mean, they don't necessarily have to score on their first possession, but they can't turn it over. They can't end up deep in their territory, whatever. Um, and Drew Brees needs to step up. If he doesn't show up, it's definitely narrative time for Drew Brees. I'm starting it. I'm getting everybody I know to start it. Um, he's only ha- he only, he has one Super Bowl. I mean, he's really great in the regular season. Kind of dies off a little bit, but I mean... This is his time to prove it. I mean, if he could get to the Super Bowl, then that'll be great for his legacy. Um, then moving over to the Rams side, Jared Goff. I don't. We can't really count on Jared Goff, really. If you're the Rams, you can't. You got Tar Gurley and C.J. Anderson, which is something really good to rely on. I feel like relying on the run in the playoffs is a little better than relying on the pass. Um, Obviously, unless you have like Tom Brady as your quarterback or something like that, still which obviously, running, yeah, which obviously Jared Goff is not. <laughs> so I mean, Jared Goff just needs to game manage and minimize, if not eliminate, any of his mistakes. Um, just play the game that you need to play. Don't try to go out there and be something that you're not. Really, just let the game come to you. Um, let Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson get to work and the Rams defense like you said they have the ton of big names that haven't really shown up they're overrated I get that they are definitely overrated but they have dudes that can play and I mean it's a lot it's legacy building for them as well to a lesser degree than it will be for Drew Brees because this Rams defense was billed as one of the best defenses in the league if not the best on paper coming into the season then they vastly underperform um Obviously, we saw that, but it's their chance to come out and show that they can be that great defense. I mean, obviously, this should be a high-scoring game because both defenses aren't really too great. (laughs) I mean, you got Drew Brees on one side who can go off for 300, maybe 400 yards, and then you got Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson who just combined for over 200. So um, it should be a good game. Both offenses are trying to do something completely different. Both defenses are trying to stop something that's completely different. So, um, with that being said, um, who are you going with? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like like you said, there's a whole lot of factors in this. There, I, at the end of the day, this is easily a game I could see just going to who comes in the more fire and emotion. Um, I think the Saints kind of have to play a little bit of don't make mistakes while the Rams need to definitely play we need to force mistakes opportunistic create turnovers things like that and easily i could see one monster aaron donald play strip sack strip stripping a running back on a tackle for loss anything and it flips at the rams way it's going to be a high emotional game um so something like that could happen but at the end of the day regular season jared goff is not going to show up, in my opinion. The Saints are going to be able to hold Goff down. He's going to struggle. I, he didn't throw it a lot last week, but I still wouldn't say he had a great game. And so I think that the Saints being at home, this is a huge mm-hmm. key for me, yeah. is being in, was... yeah, being in the yeah. Thunderdome. They're going to be able to hold Todd Gurley down. They're going to be able to make Jared Goff look like playoff Jared Goff. And Drew Brees is going to step up in his home field and make plays. He he was, wasn't was about to lose to the Philly special 
last week. <laughs> and like you said, cementing that legacy. If he can take this team to the Super Bowl and ideally win the Super Bowl, then you can start talking about Breeze seriously in the conversation with your Brady's um, and your Manning's. And I know Drew Brees is fantastic, absolutely a Hall of Fame quarterback, but people talk about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the same breath. People don't talk about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. They say, oh, Drew Brees is pretty good. He puts up like 5,000-yard seasons every year. Uh, but his teams don't really make the playoffs all that much. And so I think this is that time. This is probably the best team that Drew Brees has ever been on, with the exception of the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, they obviously had a lot of talent and were really good and won the Super Bowl, but I, I think this team has a plethora of weapons on the offensive side, and Michael Thomas is a huge X factor. He's going to rip apart that Rams secondary, and I don't see the Saints losing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'm also going Saints. Like you mentioned, being in New Orleans is super huge, um, especially for the Saints. I mean, if it was in L.A., I don't think the Rams get the same sort of um, home field advantage, obviously, yeah. uh, because L.A. isn't really Rams country yet. So um, being in New Orleans is huge. It's already has momentum on your side before you even touch the field. So I'm going Saints. I hope Drew Brees builds his legacy, adds to it, and puts himself in the conversation of realistically being the greatest quarterback ever. I mean, he has the stats, but now it's time to get the hardware for him. So I'm going Saints on that too. I think it's a good call. Maybe we'll actually get a prediction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you ready to jump on over to the AFC? Yeah. For sure. Um, this is kind of, it's very similar to the Saints-Rams matchup, kind of, in a way. Um, you got the Patriots with Tom Brady, who's a veteran quarterback, very obviously, um, greatest quarterback of all time. I, guess, I think you could say he's a veteran, quarter, veteran quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and then versus the young up-and-comer, Patrick Mahomes, and the young Chiefs, who haven't, have a history of underachieving, really, in the playoffs. So, um, you got Tom Brady, who's leading, obviously, we stated before, it's the worst, not the worst team, but I mean, up to the Patriots' standards, it's not the best team that they've had, so they're wounded. Something that's huge for the Chiefs is that it's at Arrowhead, which is the arguably the hardest place to win in on the road, and I mean, on the play, in the playoffs, that, or at least in this scenario... That's going to be magnified. So, I mean, kind of with that little intro, um, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, and once again, I'll bust out my keys to the game. Not quite as statistically in-depth as the last one, but I mean, before I kick it off, um, the stadium, Arrowhead, loudest stadium in the NFL, second to... Or, Seattle is second to that, so no thing or two about about the volume that gets produced in Arrowhead and what it does for your team. I mean, the Seahawks are fantastic at home. The Chiefs are fantastic at home. The Patriots are fantastic at home. Uh, but there can only be one number one seed, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. And that being said, 
one of my keys to the game for the Chiefs is they have to continue their defensive improvement. I talked a little bit earlier about the sacks and how few yards, 260 yards, 263 yards total offense for the Colts is all they were held to last week. And so, I mean, this Chiefs defense that really struggled all year, especially in big games. How about that 40-43 to loss to the Patriots in Foxborough? Or the 50-70 to loss to the Rams? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tons of points these guys were giving up, but at home they've kind of stepped up a little bit, at least against the Colts, who don't have a bad offense by any means. And so huge key for the Chiefs is that defense has got to play better because you got MVP Mahomes on your side. Uh, he didn't play a fantastic game against the Colts, but he did enough for them to dominate, and their running game really killed it. Mahomes last time against the Patriots went for 352 yards, four touchdowns, threw two picks. Uh, definitely trying to force it, but they only lost by three points, and if I recall, they threw a 70-ish yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill to take the lead with a minute 50 left, but that's too much time for Tom Brady, and the Patriots ended up winning. So you got MVP Mahomes on your side. I think that's going to be huge. He's got to step up and play well. Uh, like I said, he had a solid game against the Colts, wasn't spectacular, and I don't know if you really... Actually, you do. You do need Mahomes to be spectacular, and that's how you beat Tom Brady in the playoffs is you have somebody step up and make incredible plays. But that doesn't mean he can't have backup. And my last key for the Chiefs is that X-Factor, Damian Williams. After Kareem Hunt got released for obvious reasons, Damian Williams went off for 50 carries, 256 yards, four touchdowns, 5.1 yards per carry. And against the Colts, he went for 129 yards and a touchdown. And so it's crazy that Damian Williams is able to step into that role after Kareem Hunt went down and really just take that role and honestly do it a little bit better. I mean, five yards of carry is more than Kareem Hunt was averaging when he was released, um, and it's it's a damn good stat line anyway. That running game makes the Andy Reid's offense almost unstoppable, and when you have an MVP caliber player in Mahomes... It makes the Chiefs' offense incredibly difficult to stop. And in in the spirit of stopping things, I'll flip over to the Patriots, and the number one key has got to be the Patriots' defense. They underperformed all year, uh, along with a few other places where they underperformed. You kind of mentioned it's not necessarily the best team we've seen in the playoffs for the Patriots in a while. Uh, but they did really well against Phillip Rivers. They held him to 6.5 yards per attempt. Um, he gave up three touchdowns, but that didn't matter. He threw the ball 51 times, and they were blowing him out the whole game. Uh, their pass rush generated two sacks and seven QB hits, and their run defense basically eliminated Melvin Gordon. Nine carries for 15 yards. And if the Chiefs' running game is anything like that, it's going to put a ton of pressure on Mahomes. Uh, last time they faced the Patriots... Patrick Mahomes went off, and Kareem Hunt had 10 carries for 80 yards because the Chiefs fell behind early and had to abandon the running game. Just like how the Ram how the Saints can't fall behind, the Chiefs can't do it either. You got to protect your home field, and it's really up to the Patriots' defense to step up and do something they haven't necessarily done all year and outplay the best offense in football. Uh, then from there, on the offensive side is. Obviously, they were the biggest keys for the Patriots are because you live and die by Tom Brady. Um, so, key here 
is you got to have vintage Tom Brady. You mentioned it earlier. 34-44 for 340 yards, almost eight yards an attempt per attempt and a touchdown. Um, pretty good numbers for Brady. They're, they are the vintage Brady numbers, and he had similarly good numbers the last time the Chiefs matched up with the Patriots, and he's going to have to do it again if they want to win. Tom Brady has to be the GOAT. He can't be the mediocre above average quarterback that he was for most of the year where he's missing good throw missing a lot of throws we haven't seen him miss in a while um tom brady can't let the age sink in in this one and he's got to take it to the chiefs or what should be a weak chiefs defense and tom brady every good quarterback needs a sidekick and the thing that's made tom brady great this year because keep in mind these numbers that were for tom brady last week came with 129 yards rushing for Sony Michelle and three touchdowns. So basically, he had that ground game to help him out. Uh, the Patriots ran for 156 yards, 4.9 yards per attempt. If you take out the two negative Tom Brady run sacks, whatever, um, they dominated time of possession and they allowed Tom Brady to just sit back, have time and play action, and do what he needed to do, make enough throws to win the game. And so if the Patriots can get Sony Michelle going again, he had 106 yards and two touchdowns the last time they played, which helped them get that 24-9 lead. If Sony Michelle's going, the Patriots are going, and unfortunately I see him winning the game if Sony Michelle goes for 100-plus. Yeah, so I guess I'll get into the defenses. I mean, obviously you made it a huge point, and I'll just build off of it a little bit. I was reading this article that was um, ranking the best defenses in the playoffs and guess who's at the bottom of the barrel the Chiefs and the Patriots <laughs> so I mean in my eyes I don't think either defense is really going to be able to stop either offense um, the big x factor is what whichever defense gives up or just completely eliminates um, plays where there's a huge gain will be the successful defense. You can't be the Patriots and allow Pat Mahomes to get off these huge long-distance passes to um, Tyreek Hill. And you can't be the Chiefs and let Tom Brady do Tom Brady things. <laughs> so it really comes down to whichever defense wraps up and limits big-time plays. And the biggest key, like you also said, for me is the quarterbacks for each team. Um, Pat Mahomes, obviously, for the Chiefs. He's inexperienced, to say the least, but he's looked like he has years of experience. I mean, he's not out here playing the best football of all time, but he's stepping up. I mean, he's don't, like you mentioned before, he threw two picks against the uh, Patriots earlier, but um, like you said, it was probably of him trying to force things. But in this situation... If the Chiefs have a good tempo going, I don't see him necessarily making those mistakes because I don't feel like he'll be trying to force anything. So for the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes just needs to relax, be himself, and not let, not try to force things because that's how you make mistakes. Against a defense that isn't that good, you make mistakes trying to force things. So, I mean, moving to the other side with Tom Brady, uh, he like you said, he needs to be GOAT Tom Brady. He can't be good Tom Brady, he can't be great Tom Brady, he can't be above average Tom Brady, he needs to be GOAT Tom Brady. He needs to go for at least 350, and like you said, that comes with the run with the run game. So, 
Um, with that said, I also have to side with the Patriots. I mean, they're the Patriots. You know that they show up in, they show up in the playoffs, and until they're dethroned, and we can say that they have been dethroned, then I have to I have to go with them. It's kind of like the LeBron James type thing. You don't pick against him until he finally loses in the Eastern Conference Finals, at least. So I'm going Patriots. Um, should be a high-scoring game, unless we got some tuck roll game conditions by means Kansas City. So <laughs> you never know. Um, so yeah, Patriots, high-scoring game. I feel like it should be a high-scoring game both games because neither defense is really locked down for either of the four teams. So. Um, I'm excited. I really hope we get to see the Drew Brees and Tom Brady matchup that we haven't gotten to see. Um, that would be something really cool. But, I mean, obviously, we can't really talk about that until we get there, if we get there. So. Yeah, I mean, this honestly, this might be uh, might be our first big-time game prediction disagreement. Because um, I'm going young upstart. Um, mm. I'm going Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And... I really like that you made the LeBron James comparison to Tom Brady. Um, I I had the exact same thoughts when I was writing up my notes. I was like, ah oh, man, like how do you how do you bet against the the goat? Like it's playoff time. Anything can happen, um, and anything absolutely can happen. And I take nothing away from Tom Brady's skill, but I think at home, um, the Kansas City Chiefs have Sammy Watkins back healthy, who got 64 yards last week uh, he's a huge addition to their receiving core makes him a lot more dangerous with Tyreek Hill and Watkins uh, Damian Williams I think is going to have a good game I don't think the Patriots defense is good enough to go on the road in Arrowhead and stop the best offense in football and so because of that I'm saying Mahomes steps up takes the torch from Tom Brady at least this year and goes on for a very very exciting matchup between two two quarterbacks that, assuming the Saints win, against two quarterbacks that were right up there in the MVP conversation. So maybe not as legacy-driven as Brady versus Breeze would mean a whole lot for Drew Breeze to go in and beat the GOAT. Um, but it will still make for a really exciting Super Bowl if the Chiefs can pull it out, which I think they will. Yeah, well, I mean, either way, it will be an exciting Super Bowl, assuming the Saints win, like you said. Um, Obviously, I feel like the Chiefs are the better team, but being the better team doesn't necessarily guarantee you a win. And um, getting back to that LeBron thing, a lot of people were picking the 76ers to um, dethrone him and take over the East, and we saw what happened there. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick against LeBron or Tom Brady until they lose. And I know um, I'm a Boston be a good game, Celtics so. fan, dude. I'm a Boston Celtics fan. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, Chiefs, Pats, I got Pats, Big Reds got Chiefs, but I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. Um, I think the Pats are going to take it. 